Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Oh, wow. You guys are engaged. Um, engaged? The well, <laughs> we're more than engaged, aren't we, bud? Today, the That's title of our, our, our sermon, our message is Marriage. Now, so we dressed up for it. Yes, we dressed up. Now, many of you will think it's in response to that Supreme Court ruling, but we don't do things like that around here. It really, truly is about marriage. This message was inspired weeks ago when we had a couple that said, you know what, we met on Skype. We have been Skyping our relationship for a couple of years. We've lived in two different countries, and um, she's, she was in Colombia and would watch Salem Fields online, and this became her church. And uh, so she then came to the country after a couple of years, and this relationship blossomed, and Buddy has been doing premarital counseling with this couple for quite a while. That's what we do with couples. We make sure that they understand the biblical model of, of marriage and that they understand that it's about giving God glory. And so uh, that's what we celebrate today. They had asked us, they said, could we do our wedding after one of the morning services? Could we just have a small little uh, wedding? And, and um, because my, her family would be online and, uh, and, she, and she said, my family could, could be here even though they can't fly all the way from Columbia. And we said, sure, we would do that. And so we just thought, well, you know what? our minds started clicking and we said, yeah, we can do that. So today's message is on marriage and uh, we're going to talk about, we're taking this opportunity to talk about God's intended purpose of marriage. Now, does anyone know what that is? <laughs> We've been married, but do we really know what the point is? It is to bring God glory. Marriage was designed to bring, God's intended purpose was to bring God glory in the world. Now, Let's start with uh, who has been married, it, just stand up very quickly, five years or less. Just stand up. Yay. Oh, there's, this is probably our newlyweds. Um, and uh, okay, how about six to 11 years? No, let's say, what did I have? Six to 10 years, six to 10 years. Yeah. Uh, 11 to 20 years. 11 to 20. Wow, this is awesome. Okay, now 21 years and up. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> Woo-hoo! Thank you. Now, Raymond over here, he said, I heard you say that in the first service, and you cheated us. We have been married 48 years, right? So if you've been married 48 years or more, stand up. Yeah. So that is what we're celebrating here today. And we're going to start with a couple of questions. Uh, the first one is, what are we to think about marriage anyway? And what were God's intentions in giving marriage to the human race? It was a gift that he gave to us humans. So I want to start with four ideas. First of all, marriage is the first institution created by God. Think about that. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. It's the first institution created by God. Now, that makes it very important. Secondly, marriage is the foundation 
of, of the family, and it's the cornerstone of civilization. Now, if you take, you, if, if you understand a building, if you take that cornerstone away, that building is going to fall. Now, all you have to do is, is uh, one of the reasons, look back to the Roman Empire. One of the reasons that the Roman Empire fell was because of the breakdown of marriage and families. Thirdly, marriage is what God says it is. It's not what we say it is. We come up with all kinds of definitions, don't we? I mean, Buddy and I, good grief, what we've made it to be over the years. And really, it's what God says it is. So that means that we have to find out what God says it is, which takes us to number four that says there's a divine blueprint for marriage. And mar marriages will only flourish when we follow that blueprint. Now, Buddy and I did not follow that blueprint before we got married. We just one day decided to get married. It was not what we would recommend for anyone. We did it all wrong. We did it for all the wrong reasons. And we did not follow that blueprint. But over time, we said, you know what? We need to discover what that blueprint is and get our lives and change our lives so that we can get in line with what God says it is. And I don't want this to be discouraging to you, but we're now in year 40, and we're still trying to get it. <laughs> I got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I married him. He has all the answers. <laughs> I'm just waiting on her to catch up. Now, here's a thought. <laughs> what? <laughs> waiting on you to catch up. <laughs> I love him sitting at this piano in a suit. What do you... <laughs> Pretend you're playing. <laughs> I I <laughs> okay, now here's a thought, and I want you to think about this, because as I was preparing this message, it was revolutionary for me, because I never really put a lot of thought into this. This is a thought that may be new to you. Marriage is one of the key ways in which God displays his glory in the world. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought that you were, you were called into this marriage so that you could display God's glory? Now, glory is a word that speaks of God's greatness. It speaks of his character. It speaks of his reputation in the world. And I gotta tell you, one of the things that breaks my heart in our world today is that people don't seem to know Jesus the way I know Jesus. I love Jesus. And I want him to have a face in our world of who he truly is. And the only way that that can happen is him allow, us allowing him to change us to look more like him and, and, and bring his glory into the world. God intended for marriage to be a vehicle to display his character to the world. That's why we need to know his attributes. Did you know that your marriage is not primarily about you? We tend to make it about us, don't we? It's not about you. It's not about your husband. It's not about your wife, your children, or your family. It's not primarily about your sexual fulfillment. Your marriage and my marriage is about God. Now, there's a novel thought, isn't it? It's really about God. This is the foundation of marriage. Now, there are a lot of great debates that are convulsing in our society today. But here's the question that each of us that talk about marriage in whatever way need to ask ourselves. We need to ask how is God's character, his wisdom, his personality, his faithfulness, how is God's character being glorified through my marriage? 
See, as humans, we get this all twisted around. We say, this is who I want. This is who I choose. This is how I feel, so it must be right. Or I deserve to be happy. Or I deserve my rights. But that's all completely contrary to what God's intended purpose of marriage is. As a follower of Christ, we have to ask the supreme question. And this is challenging for me. Even as long as we've been married, it's challenging for me to answer this question. How can I order my life and all of my relationships to bring the greatest honor and glory to God? Now that's challenging. And you know, nobody can point a finger at anybody else. We've got too much work to do together in our marriages to show the glory of God to the world. Now marriage has been in crisis for a long time. And I gotta tell you, children and young people have seen so much divorce that they're beginning to, it, it has created doubt as to whether this lifelong marriage really can work. I was talking to my, it just came up, I didn't even talk about this, but my grandchildren brought it up and, and uh, one of them said, you know, I think more of my friends have divorced parents than they have that are together now. Now, he doesn't know any different. That's his world that he lives in. But even in Hollywood this week, Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck, they announced 10 years. Wow, that's a long time to be married. We're calling it quits. And so young people and children are looking on and they're saying, does this really work? I don't think so. Or, yeah, I've seen it work. And we have that opportunity to show whether it works or not. Personally, I've found that it is impossible without God at the very center of our lives individually and together. But it's been in crisis for a long time. This current debate over same-sex marriage, that's not the problem. It's just a symptom of a much deeper cultural problem. It's not new. All you have to do is read the Bible, check it out, go to the Old Testament, look in Deuteronomy, look at the ancient history of Greece or Rome. Nothing that we're dealing with today is new. This does not surprise God, and it doesn't need to surprise us, because deep within every single one of us, deep within humanity from the beginning of time until now, every single one of us crave relational connectedness, and all of us try to find it in a variety of ways, and we look to another human being to do that for us. We're doing it. It's in our DNA. It's in our spiritual DNA that was handed down from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You and I were created for a tie that binds, that we can experience here on earth. God designed a way for that to happen for us. A, a man and a woman, a male and a female, you see, they're the same. Buddy and I are the same in terms of we're both human, but he and I are very different as well. Very different. So we're the same, yet we're different. But we're designed to fit together. You know, this is shown by the fact that nearly everyone wants to be married. And most will be married. And some people even get married again and again and again to find this deep relational connection. 
And that's demonstrated in the truth of Genesis 2.18 where it says, it's not good for man to be alone. Right, bud? Right. So we're going to go back to Eden. We're going to look at the most basic passage in the Bible about marriage and God's involvement. You know, if this passage of Scripture in Genesis 2, if it's all we had in the Bible, if it's all we had, it would be more than enough to teach us uh, what we, we need to know about marriage. We don't need to look to culture. We don't need to look to anything. We can look to these uh, few verses of Scripture. This story takes place before the fall. Now, we know about the fall. Adam and Eve were in the garden of Eden, and, and God said, you can do anything you want, but don't do this, and they disobeyed. And, uh, uh, and, and so this story takes place before the fall uh, of the Garden of Eden in paradise. It's our blueprint of how marriage, of how uh, a marriage is to be. God is intimately involved. You see, Adam doesn't just happen to meet Eve under a cherry tree and everything comes together. That's not the story. Or, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, the first time I saw him, I knew that, you know, he, meet, he meets her because God uh, orchestrates every part of their relationship. He's involved in every part of the relationship. You see, God takes the initiative to show Adam his loneliness. When the scripture says it's not good for man to be alone. You see, Adam... Uh, doesn't figure that out by himself. God says to him, uh, uh, he brings to Adam's attention the fact that there's no one else like him and that he's all alone. And so God takes the initiative uh, to not only show Adam, but he takes the initiative to meet Adam's needs. When he says, I will make a helper suitable for him. God says, you're lonely. It's not good that you be alone and so I am going to make a helper suitable for you. So he creates Eve for Adam because he knows that two are stronger than one. And then God brings the woman to the man. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He had taken out a man and he brought her to the man. Now, God takes the lead, and all that happens, uh, he puts Adam to sleep, he takes a rib from his side, and he fashions Eve, fashions Eve, and he brings her to Adam. You see, God is the author. He is the author of the first marriage, and he is uh, intimately involved in every aspect of this marriage. He is, he's, uh, he's deeply involved. Humanity's mistake is that we squeeze God out. And we try to define what we believe marriage is or how it should be, and we squeeze God out. And we make our choice, our own choices, as if somehow we know better than God, the creator of the universe, you know, and then we want God to bless what we put together rather than allowing him to take the lead. I mean, I don't know how many weddings I've done. But you can, I can tell you this, if I got a suit on, I'm either doing a wedding or a funeral. But I don't know how many I've done. But you know, people come to me and they're living any way they want to live. They're doing whatever they want to do. And they believe that somehow during this courtship, they can do that, whatever they want. And then suddenly they come to an altar and they get married and they put vows together. And they say, now God bless this. Gay and I did that. That's exactly what we did. We met. Under a cherry tree, not really, 
but we met. And we had the best time in the world together. And, and then she calls me up on Monday. And she says, buddy, let's get married on Friday. I said, I think that's the best thing I've heard. And so I tried to find a pastor. I found a pastor, a little bit, a Baptist church. And we call him up. And he says, yeah, I'll do it. We go to get married. He sets us down in a little room on one of them little old wooden Sunday school uh, chairs. And he gives us about five or ten minutes of marriage counselor, counseling. And then he goes in and tells, uh, or does a wedding ceremony for us. And we expect God to bless that. The kind of relationship that we brought to the altar. That we want God to bless that. And see, we, 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 we've had to work hard to allow God to redeem and restore us and bless us from ourselves and our way uh, to bless us to do it his way. And he's still, we're still working on that. Verse 22, the Bible says, God brought her to the man. Now, when a father walks the bride down the aisle and gives to the future husband, it's precisely what happened in Eden. God was the father of the bride, and he personally brought her he personally brought her to Adam. There, there was no courtship, no dating. In other words, the first marriage was an arranged marriage. So, yeah, <laughs> it might work better. <laughs> and God himself performed the first ceremony as the minister, as the father, and as a witness. And Adam recognized, recognizes Eve as similar but different. The man said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Now, verse 23 contains a poetic explanation in Hebrew that's lost in how we translate it today. The first three words, this is now, actually means something like this. This is it. This is it. Now, imagine this scene, if you would. Kind of put your mind there. Adam He's flat on the ground. He's been knocked out by God, uh, uh, and he awakes from the divine anesthesia. And, and as he opens his eyes, he, he sees the Lord, and next to him he sees a beautiful, blushing creature looking like him in wide-eyed expectation. He must have thought he was dreaming. And she looks at him, in fact, she takes a, 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 she looks a lot like him, but she's clearly, she, she's very, clearly she's very different in several important ways, if you know what I mean. <laughs> now, th then his brain says, this is it. This is it. And he blurts out, wow, or amen, or, or something like that, not sexual, but as a, wow, this is my partner, this is my companion. And he, she was like him, yet different. Now, God's intention for marriage is plainly stated in verse 24 and 25. It says this, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. They become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. They felt no shame. Now, in these two verses, there are four essential components of Christian marriages. First of all, leaving. Breaking away from parents to establish a home on your own. Leaving. And then cleaving. Being glued together so tightly or joined together so tightly that there is nothing that can separate. There's nothing that can tear us apart. We're cleaving 
And then it talks about intimacy, growing together and learning to know each other. It takes a lifetime of practice. It includes a sexual relationship, but it's so much more than a sexual relationship. And then fourth component of a Christian marriage is transparency. Naked and unashamed, a relationship built on trust. So you can let down your barriers and, and allow another person to know everything about you. Does your spouse know everything about you? Are you not ashamed about anything with your wife or your husband? Do, do they know all the good, the bad, and the ugly? You see, body, soul, and spirit join together. You see, a marriage with all four of these comp components will be healthy as close to heaven as we'll get on earth. You see, marriage is true equality and true difference. Woman is not less than man, nor is man greater than woman. The man is not the, is not the woman, and the woman is not the man. Both, the Bible says, are made in the image of God, yet different from each other. Two women cannot create this, and two men cannot create what God created and what he meant for marriage. You see, God's blueprint for marriage is still the same as it was in the Garden of Eden. No matter what our culture, no matter what our world says, marriage is still the same as it was at that first marriage in the Garden of Eden. A man and a woman brought together by God makes a marriage the way God intended. His blueprint causes humanity and civilization to flourish. Eve was God's answer to Adam's loneliness. And deepest satisfaction doesn't come from hunting buddies or, or the guys at work, though they can be great relationships. Satisfaction doesn't come in, another, uh, uh, in other women in general or in one woman after another. The answer to true, healthy, the answer to true, healthy, happy connection comes from God's original design. Now, if you're here and, and you want you want a healthy, happy connection, then do marriage as God designed it. It's his blueprint. It was his idea, and he created it. You really believe in that, I don't do you, I do believe Doug? that. I like that. <laughs> well, the question is, is marriage really made in heaven? Well, it depends on what you mean. Not every marriage is made in heaven. But I love that song that we sang. You know, Buddy and I did a lot of mess-ups, but there came a point where we surrendered our life to him, and we said, God, we have done it our way. Now we need you to do it your way. And I love what God does. He's in the business of restoration and redemption, and he's been turning our lives personally and together back toward him. And he's been redeeming us and restoring us. And we're committed to that blueprint. And we keep our eye on that blueprint because that's how he's changing us to fit his design. Not every marriage is made in heaven, but marriage itself is. It's a great idea. God created it. So here are a couple of verses that are the framework of respect and sexual purity for God's design of marriage. First of all, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. That's out of Proverbs. 
Now, this next verse, I've, I searched and searched. Now I can go down through my, my Bible app, and I looked at every version I could find because I thought, oh, I just want to soften this a little bit. I want to make it a little cozier. But I couldn't. Every version said this. And so I'm going to read it. It says, marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. We don't need to. Get it? All we need to do is represent his glory Amen. in the world. What the world needs to see is his glory. And that marriage can really work in God's design. Marriage deserves our honor and our respect. Husbands, turn to your wife right now and say, you are my gift from God. Whether it feels right or not right now, it's really true. <laughs> and wives, turn to your husbands and say, you are my gift from God. You are the one. And whether that feels right or not, if we can live in that, if we can glory in that, if we can represent what God designed initially and what his design was, that's what we turn our hearts to to each other and show that to the world. God's glory is found in his creation and in his design. And God's glory is found in the rejoicing of the church in Christian marriage. Amen. And guess what? Today we have that opportunity to not just talk about it, but for it to actually happen. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Are you? Good. We've got the privilege as a community to rejoice together in witnessing the marriage of a couple whose greatest desire is to bring glory through their marriage. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your design and your creation. God, thank you for having so much grace that you allow us to make mistakes, that you love us so much that you want to restore and redeem us. And Father, I thank you that your presence is here, just as it was here at the first wedding of Cana and Galilee. And God, Jesus, you are here celebrating and God, we just want this to be a time of celebration, of representing your glory in the world as a beautiful couple is united in your spirit. We love you, we praise you, and we give all of this to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, come on up here, Brian and Daniel. Uh, first, I want to welcome everyone to this really glorious occasion. Not only you here today, but we've got an online audience. There are people around this county that couldn't be here because they work. There are people around the country that are watching online that are here that couldn't be here. And there's a whole family in Columbia that's watching online. I think it's 1030 there in the morning. And they're all here to witness this couple coming together. So we welcome all of you online. Uh, everyone say hello, everyone online. Hey. <laughs> Good, we're all here together. 
this woman to be married to this man. You may be seated. Ready? Brian and Alveda, marriage is a companionship that involves commitment and responsibility to God and to one another. You will share alike in the responsibilities and the joys of life. And when they share a joy, that joy is doubled. You both must have it in your hearts to beautify and enrich your marriage by your tender devotion, your mindfulness in the little things, and your patience and sacrifice of self to each other. We exhort you today to dedicate your lives and your home to God, to bring Him glory. Living your lives as His willing servants. I require, we require and charge you both as you stand in the presence of God, before whom the secrets of all hearts are disclosed, that having duly considered the holy pledge of faith each to the other. Brian, do you take this woman to be your wedded wife, to live together in holy estate of matrimony? Will you love her, comfort her, honor and keep her in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others, keep yourself only unto her so long as you both shall live? Albita, do you take this man to be your wedded husband? to live together in the holy estate of matrimony? Will you love him, 
Comfort him, honor, and keep him in sickness and health, and forsaking all others, keep yourself only unto him so long as you both shall live. I do. Amen. Well, Brian and Albita, it's an honor to be able to stand here with you guys today. It was an honor to go through the premarital counseling with, with them, and just it was a funny little story. They knew each other online really well, and they took their tests while she was living in Colombia, and he was living here in the U.S., and they scored really well. And then they got together over here, and things got a little more challenging And uh, because now they were seeing each other in person, and the little differences began. To, but yet, I just admire the fact that you were so committed to just starting over and allowing God to help you work out those little things in your marriage. I believe in with all my heart that, that you guys have made a commitment that this marriage is for a lifetime and that you want your marriage to glorify God, and we're with you. And it's been so fun to watch you two and just your tender hearts and watch the love that you have between each other and how your families are working together and loving one another. And so thank you so much for the honor that I have to be part of your relationship. Okay. Brian, you're going to repeat after me, okay? You can look at her, but repeat after me. There you go. All right. I, Brian, take you, Albita, to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death do us part, according to God's holy word. And there, too, I pledge you my faith. Amen. Albita, repeat after me. I, Albita, take you, Brian. I, Albita, take you, Brian. To be my wedded husband. To be my wedded, wedded husband. husband. To have and to hold. To have and to hold. From this day forward. From this day forward. For better, for worse. For better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. In sickness and in health, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, to love and to cherish, till death do us part, till death do us part, according to God's holy ordinance, according to, to God's, God's holy ordinance, ordinance. and thereto, and thereto, I pledge you my faith. I pledge you my faith. Amen. Amen. May the rings, please. Thank you. <laughs> Daniel has the cute factor, doesn't he? <laughs> okay, here we go. Oops. All right. The wedding rings, just one minute. I won't talk about them, okay? The wedding ring is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace signifying to all of us the uniting of this man and this woman in holy matrimony through the church of Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you notice, these rings are precious metal. So I encourage you today to let, the, let your love be the most precious possession of your hearts. It is a circle and it is unbroken. 
So let your love for each other be unbroken through all of your earthly days. As you notice, these rings have no beginning and no end. And they symbolize the perfection of a love that cannot end. Brian, please place the ring on Albita's hand and repeat after me. Albita, I give you this ring. Albita, I give you this ring. As a token and pledge. As a token and pledge. Of my constant faith. Of my, of my constant faith. And abiding love. And abiding love. With this ring I thee wed. With this ring I thee wed. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Father. And of the Son. And the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit. Albita. You take this ring and place it on Brian's finger and repeat after me. Brian, I give you this ring. Brian, I give you this ring. As a token and pledge. As a token and pledge. Of my constant faith. Of my constant faith. And my abiding love. And my abiding love. With this ring. With this ring. I thee wed. I thee wed. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Father. And of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brian and Albita, today. The children's circle. Um, sort of. The same. Oh, the same. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> my Do fault. it my way. <laughs> uh, you have committed here today to share the rest of your lives with each other. We've witnessed your giving and receiving of rings and exchanging of vows. Now we will observe you uh, create a, a lasting visual representation of these promises. The blue sand represents Brian and all that you were, Brian, all that you are and all that you ever will be. The pink sand represents you, Albita, and all that you were and all that you are and all that you will ever be. And the third container has white sand and that represents God. And we'll pour that in uh, your spiritual beliefs are the foundation. What we've talked about here today is the foundation of your marriage and of your relationship. Today you're joining your lives together and the whole family joins together, don't you? So let's join in a circle together.
hold my arm there. Today you join your lives together and begin a new family. The circle and substance of family is not only made by love, but also not only by blood, but also by love, respect, and commitment. Brian and Albita, as you have made promises to each other, you also enter a covenant with Joseph and destiny, the beauty here, and Daniel. Will you promise to love, respect, and commit to them also as you join together as a family? Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and we ask you to bless this couple. Lord, we pray that you will always remain the head of their home, that they will always look to you as their rock, as their foundation, as a cornerstone of their lives. I pray, oh God, that you would bless them from this day forth, Lord. Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, that you will bless these children, what precious children they have been blessed with. And so, God, we pray for this family today. God, they, that they would always look to you for their strength, for their encouragement, for their wisdom. That they will always remember the vows they made to one another today. Not only to Brian and Albita to one another, but uh, the vows and the commitment they made to their children today. God, may you just strengthen them, encourage them today. And may this be just an, a day of celebration, not only here, but Lord, wherever the families may be that are watching online today. May they celebrate. And God, we just pray that the days ahead will be days of blessing. Gay and I, Lord, are so honored to be a part of their lives. And we want this day, Lord, and the rest of their lives to glorify you. And we believe they do as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, for as much as Brian and Albita have consented together in holy wedlock and have witnessed the same before God and before all of you and all of you online, and thereto have pledged their faith each to the other and have declared the same by joining of hands and by the giving and receiving of rings, by the authority of God and the laws of the state, we declare Brian and Albita, our husband and wife, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, those whom God has joined together, let no one tear them apart. So, Brian, you may kiss your bride. <laughs> It is my privilege and with great honor that I'm the first to present to you Mr. and Mrs. Brian Summers. Amen.
came to church and a wedding broke out. <laughs> Amen. Hey, we want to do one other thing before we close. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to dismiss in just a moment, and they have cake in the foyer. For and everybody. We, we have cake for everyone. Remember, they had, uh, the Alveda's family were not, was not able to be here, and you are her family today. Some of Brian's family is here, and others are watching online. So then would you just stay a moment and have a piece of cake with them and enjoy that moment. But before we go, you know, we believe that there are many of you here today that want your marriage vows to honor God, that you want your marriage to honor God. And, and so what we just, Gay and I have, we have committed ourselves to bring glory to God with our marriage. And some days we don't hardly bring God, glory to ourselves, much less God. But we are committed to our marriage bringing glory to God. If you're committed to your marriage bringing glory to God, maybe you're struggling, maybe you have a great marriage, but you'd like for us to pray for you as we pray for ourselves in closing. Would you just join us here with your bride? And let's just uh, do this just for a moment. We'll do this quickly. yesterday right on this stage with Diego. He's a young man that's single and not dating anyone. Don't go after him. <laughs> Especially you guys. But I had a conversation with him that I said, Diego, do you understand that you get to do it right? You get to go to the Lord and allow God to lead the way and allow him to choose that per person for you that will be just the right fit for you. Unlike Buddy and I that didn't do it the right way, that took years and years for God to restore and redeem. So if you're single out there and you hope one day uh, to be married, do it God's way and you'll receive the best. And for the rest of us, they're watching. Lots of children are represented here. You know that, right? And they're watching us to say, does that really work? Does that man and woman thing and that God thing really work? So it's up to us to allow God to flow through us and to glorify him so that we can give a better face to the world of what it means to give God glory with our marriages. So, buddy, would you pray for them? Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today. We know that we're in your presence. Lord, I believe that you're here today as real as you were 2,000 years ago in that wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. And, Father, I ask right now, on the authority of your word, God, that you would just bless each couple that's standing here. God, we renew our commitment first to you, and then we recommit, Lord, we renew our commitment right now, affirm our commitment to our spouse, to that person that we're holding hands with. God, will you do something in our lives, uh, Lord, that will just renew us, strengthen us, encourage us, and God, I pray that our marriages, all those that are standing here, those that are online, that God, our marriages would glorify you. God, I know there must be some marriages here that are going through a difficult time. God, may this step of faith be just what they needed to launch into a whole new adventure together. Bring healing and hope. And Lord, we pray that you will just bless us. And God, would you just bless those that are in this congregation today that are struggling, maybe they're just fresh off of a divorce and just hurting and it just wasn't fun. And, and God, I pray that you would wrap your loving arms of love and healing. Or maybe their spouses went on to be with Jesus.
and they're here remembering that day, will you bless them and encourage them? Father, will you just be with that single person that so wants to get married? Will you help them, Lord, to remember to do it God's way? And God, will you just bring that right person? Will you present that Eve or that Adam to them? And will you just bless them, Lord? Bless our church. Lord, I pray that the marriage that are standing here, that we will be the cornerstone of marriage in our community. And so God, help us to lead the way. Bless our marriages. Bless Gay and I, Lord. We pray a hedge of protection over our marriage, over our lives. Lord, the enemy wants to destroy us. But God, we know that greater is he that lives in each of us than he that lives in the world. And we have victory in Jesus' name. Now what God has joined together, folks, let no man put asunder. You may kiss your bride. A <laughs> whole lot of kissing going on. on. Microphone.